You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook. And today we've got Peter Watts joining us in the studio. Welcome back, Peter. Thank you, Jason. Great to be here again. It's good to have you back in the studio to continue our series on Daniel. Daniel and the God of Wisdom is the title of this series that we're doing. And uh, I believe that we are up to... Um, chapter 3 Chapter today. 3 of Daniel Yeah, we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 3 So I'm looking forward to that Yeah, I don't know why in my script here I've actually got Daniel 1 Which is incorrect Because we, we could are do that actually again. doing Daniel 3 today <laughs> So, uh, yeah, what have you been up to, Peter? So at the moment, um, we've been um, presenting a series In um, Glen Orkey, in Hobart uh, if people are familiar with that part of the world And um, it's called Is God For Real? And we've been looking at... Um, evidence for the God of the Bible. We've been looking at evidence for uh, some of the uh, stories of the Bible and some of the interesting teachings of the Bible, and we're getting quite into deep territory. Uh, so, for for instance, um, last Sunday night, we presented a message called Good News About Hell. Mm. and uh, that, pe- doesn't, that doesn't sound like it's it, possible. It seems, it? it seems odd, doesn't mm. it? The idea that there could be possibly good news about hell. So we talked a little bit about that. And um, we discovered that um, hell isn't all what it's made up to be. Well, there was three <laughs> conclusions which I might share with people because they won't have been may may not have been at uh, last Sunday's message. But uh, the three good good news is about hell is that number one, um, God went through Jesus went through hell so that we can go through go to heaven. In other words, Jesus went through the hell of separation from God the Father mm. in order that we could be reconciled. Uh, also that. Um, yeah, we, we discovered that uh, God won't torment anybody forever, uh, which is good news, and also the good news that God will bring an end to sin, Satan, and suffering. Mm. Mm. That is good news. Yeah, and so we're going to continue that series each Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday at 7 p.m. at uh, the Glenorchy Seventh-day Adventist Church, which is at 518, 518 Main Road, Montrose, uh, there in Hobart so uh, if people would like to come along they can do so and we can talk a little bit more about that at the end uh, of uh, this this um, program but um, this coming Wednesday as in that's tomorrow tomorrow night at 7 o'clock I will be talking about who is the Antichrist so if people want to come along and listen to that they are very welcome uh, that's a, a bit of a popular um, topic I guess. it's a controversial topic controversial. it is there's a lot of speculation mm. about who the antichrist is and what we want to do is take a look at what the bible says mm, absolutely now remember you're listening to faith fm and we have our faith fm australia app so you can listen to this on your phone on your tablet you don't have to have a an fm radio to listen to our programs you can listen live and you can also listen to our past episodes as well which all get uploaded and uh, you can download and listen and share them with your friends as well. So we do encourage you to get the Faith FM Australia app, or you can go directly to faithfm.com.au in your web browser, and you can listen to our live programs there, and you can listen to the past episodes as well. 
Today we will have a free book offer and uh, we're going to give you a number. This is a text number, a mobile number, 0488880891. So if this is the first time you're listening today, do write that number down, 0488880891. That's the number where you can talk to us. You can uh, perhaps ask us a question. You can answer a question that we ask you or you can claim a free book offer. So that's the number to put somewhere safe. Write it down, 0488880891. So last week uh, we talked about Daniel chapter 2, which was Mm. really about a dream that the king had of a big statue. Yeah, indeed. So uh, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, he has this dream. Daniel is um, given the interpretation of that dream by God, and he explains what that dream is about. And it's a good, um, it's almost, this is like part two of that, because in that dream, uh, the image, the statue was made of different metals. The head of gold was uh, Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon, but then that was replaced by the silver and so forth and different metals and uh, representing the different kingdoms. Hmm. When we come to Jap- Daniel chapter 3, we find King Nebuchadnezzar setting up a, an image that is all gold. And it kind of, uh, you get the impression that he is setting up this image in defiance of the dream so that not no, not only is the head made of gold, but the whole thing is made of gold. Mm. And uh, it's an indication of his desire that he wants his um, kingdom to last forever. And uh, he'd actually stamped, stamped that on some of uh, many of the bricks of Babylon that have been found have been stamped with Nebuchadnezzar's name on it saying that I wanted my kingdom to last forever. Do you think he'd forgotten about the dream or do you think he'd just uh, decided that he didn't want to follow the, the the predictions or the prophecies that Daniel explained in the dream? Yeah, it's it's um, interesting to contemplate that. I, Nebuchadnezzar goes through a journey, mm. you know, chapter 1, 2, 3 and 4. Mm. Uh, we'll be doing chapter 4 next week. And, um, you know, he is a, a powerful uh, pagan king. Uh, probably the most powerful king at that time. But he seems to have these uh, interactions or encounters Mm. with God and and belief in God. Yeah, and in many ways, I suppose you could look at his journey and say, well, that's like many of us. We're we're fairly fickle. We'll have an encounter with God. We might recognize God in a moment, but then we go back to our our Mm. old ways. It is is, uh, very similar. Very relevant. Sometimes we, uh, we're a bit like that, aren't we? Mm. We should probably read mm. some of Daniel chapter 3. We're going to read the first seven verses, and then we'll dive in and pick out some of the details. Sure. So, so what I'll do is, why don't you read three verses, and I'll read four, uh, the other four. Okay. No worries. We're starting in uh, uh, Daniel chapter 3, and this is reading from the New King James Version. It says, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. I think that's about 30 metres by 3 metres, something like that. You're asking me. I I think it's 90 90 feet by 9 feet. 15 metres high. 15 metres, okay. I was a factor of two out. Okay. (laughs) But anyway, it's quite a big statue. It's uh, it's not something uh, tiny. Certainly would would stand well above the height of a house. Yeah, about thirteen meters by three meters wide, I think. He set it up in the plain of Jura in the province of Babylon, and King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. 
So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the councillors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image the King Nebuchadnezzar had set up and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. All right, so then it says, Then a herald cried out aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Verse 7, So at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, and lyre, in symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So here we have the setting of the scene, and King Nebuchadnezzar made this image all of gold, just uh, as I said, that this this must have been, he must have had Daniel chapter 2 in mind, mm. where only the head of gold represented Babylon. He wants this whole thing to be uh, representing Babylon. He wants people to worship this image that he has sent, set up. He's arranged all this kind of, uh, this musical accompaniment, and uh, we know that uh, music can have an emotional appeal to people, and, and uh, he's going to create this whole atmosphere and then he says when you hear the music i want you to bow down and worship and it's very interesting to note that the word worship appears 11 times in daniel chapter 3 it's one of the key elements of it there's quite a lot of repetition here where it talks about you know you mentioned before the uh the satraps what's a satrap well it's a kind of administrator i was was going to ask that because i have no idea what a satrap is. (laughs) yeah so so um they're they're so they're like a major governor Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the ministers, governors, councillors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, all these of- officials. So he's got all of the uh, the um, leading ruling elite, if you like, from mm. all over the empire mm. who are going to come to the dedication of this image. Now, this included uh, Daniel's friends, and we're going to find that out mm. in the next section. But um, Daniel was not here in this instance. Well, it seems not. So first of all, if you look in the previous chapter in Daniel 2, we notice that uh, Daniel was rewarded be- for being able to interpret the dream. And he he also had uh, his friends elevated to positions of responsibility and so forth. And so, yes, you've got Daniel and his three friends who would have been in positions of responsibility. They, too, would have been included in this call to come and worship before the image. And we're going to see what happens with that. Um, We're going to take a little break, and then we're going to see um, how it involves them. Have you ever had to stand for something important in the midst of intense opposition? And that's uh, the question for today. We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488880891. So maybe you've been at work or you've been in some situation where you've had to stand up for some principle, some value that you believe in, and uh, most around you are opposing that. So we'd love to hear from you. Share with us an experience that you've had. 0488880891. Of course... Uh, We need to look to Jesus, not an image, a statue. So this song, Look to Jesus by Phil Wickham. Death looks like an empty grave. Fear looks like a giant slain. Trials look like gifts of grace. When I look to Jesus. 
to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Peter Watts and we're studying the book of Daniel and we're up to chapter 3 today. Now before the break we asked you a question, have you ever had to stand for something important, a principle, a value, a belief in the midst of intense opposition? We'd love to hear from you today. Share us an experience. 0488880891. Text us in and maybe we can share this with other people to encourage them in their journey as well. Now, Peter, um, before the break, we talked about the height and width of this statue, mm. and it was 60 cubits tall and 6 cubits wide, mm-hmm. and I thought that was about 30 metres by were right. 3 metres. <laughs> and we've done the maths in the break, 
and it is about 30 metres tall and yeah. about 3 metres wide. So that's I, a, I that's don't a, know why I'd got 13 metres, but it is 30 metres. You're right, so it's quite tall. It's a very big yeah, uh, structure. It's a big deal. No, not in terms of, like, buildings that sure. we see today, but... Uh, as far as is, statues go. This is on a plane, a very flat location. Yeah. You've got this big statue standing up. You would have been able to see it for miles. It would have stood out like a sore thumb made of gold. Mm. And so, yes. One of the things I wanted to pick up there, Jason, is because it says it was six cubits, sorry, 60 cubits by six cubits. Mm. And uh, it kind of reminds us, because this is the king of Babylon, and it kind of reminds us of the, the number of the beast in uh, Revelation is 666. Mm. Um, but I think the, the reference here is significant because um, six is the number of man in the Bible. So uh, mankind was made on day six by God. Uh, it also re- represents the works of mankind because uh, the, the Ten Commandments say six days you shall labor. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's re- you know related to man's works, and uh, of course it's uh, an incomplete number because the seven is the complete number, uh, and man um, has the number six, and so it kind of represents man's incomplete works versus God's complete works. There's another word that's standing out to me uh, in in verse uh, two there that says mm. that they came to dedicate the uh, the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. That mm-hmm. that word image right. sounds very familiar when it comes to uh, Revelation. Yeah, 13. that's right. <laughs> we will certainly be picking that up. Mm. So we're going to look back at, at Revelation 13 at the end of this program. So mm. stay tuned because there is a relation there. But we want to pick this up and look at verses 8 to 18. So I'm going to get you to read, say, mm, let's see. Let, maybe I'll you can... start with 8 to 12. Yeah, let's do that. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Verse 13, then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, he seems to have an anger management program, (laughs) because we've seen this before. He doesn't like people not following his (laughs) orders. That's right. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready... At the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? He's such a uh, a generous king. (laughs) Give give them one more chance. Well, I was going to say, he does give them a second chance, which, by the way, is going to play in a little bit later. But also, it's interesting, it's not that you just fall down, it is that you fall down and worship. And worship, yeah. That's significant there. You, you think, um, I, I know um, this has sort of come up in my mind or in discussions that I've mm. had before, you know, perhaps they could have fallen down, but 
you know, looked the other way. You're or, done up their shoelaces <laughs> or... Yeah. Yeah, but uh, they didn't. They could have pretended, but they, they weren't going to. Now, notice what it says here in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not... Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So this is a very powerful statement on mm. behalf of these three young men. And here they are in a foreign country being mm. educated in, in all of the ways of the Babylonians. And they've been favoured by the king. They've he, been favoured. They've been uh, promoted to yep. positions of leadership. And this is interesting from that perspective too because... This is, uh, uh, you know, there are plenty of lessons for us from this that we'll look at it towards the end too. But, you know, do we allow uh, favoritism from somebody to change our minds or convictions? Mm. You know what I mean? Because when people give us things or um, flatter us perhaps, uh, does that soften our resolve to do something that might upset them or might be go against their principles? There's a good saying there, isn't it, that flattery will get you nowhere. <laughs> we, we need to think about that sometimes. Yeah, if, yeah. if we're being tempted to compromise our our values, our beliefs, um, mm. just because we're being uh, treated favoured yeah. favored or you know, treated in a special way. Yeah. So it's noticeable here, by the way, that it talks about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. It does not mention Daniel. Even though we're mm. reading from the book of Daniel, clearly Daniel and his friends were involved uh, in the previous two chapters, mm. uh, Daniel is nowhere mentioned here, and people ask the question, "Well, where was he?" Mm. And uh, we, the answer to the question, of course, is we don't, we know. don't know. He could have been um, on a business trip. He might have been on vacation. He might have been sick. More likely, he was probably administrating Babylon while they're all out on the plains of Dura. Mm. Somebody's going to be left back at the office, and uh, Daniel had been elevated in his position. So you've got to think somebody was uh, back at the city of Babylon and maybe Daniel was there. It was at the end of chapter 2 that uh, Daniel was promoted, but he also asked the king to... Elevate to, his to friends. promote his friends yeah. as well. So they'd all been given positions of uh, responsibility. Yeah. Now, it's, it's worth um, thinking about why was it? Why was it such a big deal for them that they were, weren't willing to just bow down to this image you know, this is a big occasion. They, uh, you know, obviously they have been pointed out, and I want to mention that too. There is somebody there watching them ready to accuse the Jews. Mm. And you can mm. imagine if you are an official in the Babylonian Empire and you've had these uh, captives from Israel or Judah who have been brought to Babylon and now they've been elevated to positions of significant responsibility, uh, there might be some professional jealousy there. Uh, and they're they're looking for opportunities to to accuse the Jews, and so here they are, these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, standing for what they believe. And the reason for that, by the way, is that there is a commandment. Of course, if you think about the Ten Commandments, mm. the second commandment says, "You shall not um, make for yourself any image, and not you will and not, not bow down it. and worship it." Mm. So, so it's very clear. And there, they've made a significant stand. And what what I find interesting is. We've already covered chapters 1 and 2 in this series, and in chapter 1, they take a stand based on what they're going to eat and drink mm. in the kingdom of Babylon. And we mentioned there that this might have been regarded as a small test that will help 
prepare them for the bigger tests. You know, if you go to school or if you're at college or university, sometimes you'll have small tests through the semester that help you prepare for the big exam at the end. Mm. And those, uh, you know, if you're doing well in those small tests, they'll help you prepare for the big exam. There's a part of this um, chapter that is some of the, the uh, I guess, my favourite verses in the mm. Old Testament. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, verse 17 and 18 particularly. Um, but you know, verse 17, they knew that, you know, they were being asked to bow down, that they had faith to maintain their principles here despite this tremendous test yeah it was a tremendous test that they were being put under here and um i think sometimes when we face uh tremendous tests we're tempted to perhaps compromise our values to give up on our belief in god if if we think that uh, god's not looking after us the way that we expect him to but i love their answer here is that they say that the God we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us mm. from your hand, Absolute King. confidence. But if not, yeah. let it be known. Mm. That, to me, is amazing because they had the confidence that yeah. God could and, and he would, would, but even if he doesn't. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes when we face trials, we need to have that same sort of perspective and mm. attitude that that uh, even if God doesn't do what we want him to or that what we expect him to do, we know that he can, but we're not going to give up our faith in him or mm. our trust in him just because he doesn't yeah. work the way we expect him to. It kind of reminds me of uh, Job because Job mm. went through enormous uh, trial mm. um, and we have uh, the phrase in in modern uh, language, you know, the patience of Job, which comes out of this uh, story, but w- where Job says, even if he slays me, yet will I trust him. Mm. And this is kind of the, the sentiment that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego are saying, that even if God does not deliver us, we're going to trust him and we're not going to disobey him. We're not going to disrespect the God of our fathers. And mm. so uh, that is, you know, it's tremendous courage that they show here and, mm. and faith and commitment and loyalty. Those verses gave me a lot of uh, courage when I went through my uh, journey with cancer, and mm. I might talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, uh, We've got to go to a break. Have you ever had to stand for something important in the midst of intense opposition? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488 880891. This is Oceans and You Make Me Brave by Caleb and Kelsey. The great unknown where feet may fail And there I find you in the mystery An ocean deep My faith will stay
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with Peter Watts on the series Daniel and the God of Wisdom. Now, before the break, we did ask you a question again, and uh, the question was, have you ever had to stand for something important in the midst of intense opposition? And uh, Naomi has texted us in, and she says, I had to take a stand that was not popular with my friends and colleagues. As a yoga teacher and a committed yoga student of many years, once I found out the occultism behind yoga, I stopped doing yoga altogether. Now that I've come back to God. So uh, thanks, Naomi, for sharing that. That's a difficult thing to do, isn't it, when you've got friends and colleagues who you know have a certain belief and then uh, you've got to make a stand against that. It's really interesting because we never really know um, how in, how intense or how unpopular something is until we step out into that arena or whatever. I remember that when I became a committed Christian, uh, I lost about half of my friends who couldn't, you know, couldn't get away from uh, mocking God or mocking Jesus or whatever it was. Whereas, you know, we we hadn't paid any particular attention to that when when we were, you know. Um, in the secular world, I suppose. So it's very interesting. I, I saw that happen myself. So it's it's. But yeah, you have to at some point you you make that stand for God and uh, for His principles. Mm. We're going to continue reading Peter from verse nineteen. Do you want me to read nineteen to twenty three, and you go on from there? I think that'd be good. It says, "Then Nebuchadnezzar was." 
full of fury. We, we've seen this rage before. Yeah, yeah. But, so, uh, so this is just after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have decided and determined that they're not going to bow and down. And told the king, it yeah. doesn't matter what you do, we're That's not right. going to bow not, down. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So he was full of fury, fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, uh, sorry, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, fell down into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. You've got the good bit, Peter. I have, but there's one word you missed there. I just noticed it <laughs> says I? they fell down bound into the midst ah, of the burning fiery furnace. Yes. And the interesting part of that is when you come now to verse 24, it says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. And verse 25, Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. And so here we have this incredible story. You know, a furnace is pretty hot. I mean, any old furnace is going to be pretty hot, but they're saying make it seven times hotter than normal. Mm. So... um, it you, makes me wonder, you know, did he think that the normal heat wouldn't <laughs> kill them or wouldn't uh, do the job that it needed to? Maybe he thought that because they had said, we know that he can deliver us. Ah, so maybe, he thought maybe, maybe if thinking, he makes it hotter. If then... I make it hotter. You've got to, under, I suppose, if you think about it, in the ancient world, uh, it was all about my gods versus your gods. Yeah, my power versus yeah. your power. And so, in other words, in his mind, he's thinking, well, in order to be able to bring captives from Judah, my God must be bigger than their God. Mm. And so perhaps he's thinking the hotter it is, their God is going to be so so great, but not that great. Yeah. But anyway, um, he, he hits it seven times hotter. It's interesting to note that it kills those who throw them in. That's amazing, isn't it? That is amazing. Mm. I mean, that's, you know, if you've ever been, um, you know, I, I just think about a, a huge bum fire at this time of year where you get close to the fire and you've got that, you know, radiating heat and you can only get so close it because be it's uncomfortable. Mm. Um, but these guys, uh, they're, they're throwing them in and they die because of the heat. Mm. And then you have them, uh, they're, they're, uh, they fall down bound, I think it's in 23. Yeah. They fall down bound into the midst of the fiery furnace. But then he says, uh, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the the fire and and they're not hurt. And then there's one with them, which is uh, the son of one like the son of God. And this is, you know, Jesus is... The, in in the fire with them, protecting them, preserving them, delivering them at this time, which is incredible. I, I think about the fact, you know, we talked about the fact that um, the, their enemies died from the flat, you know, from the heat, mm. and yet the only thing that uh, these, the only thing that got burnt for these three men was the the, the ropes that bound them. 
they went inbound and now they're loose now they're free and it's fascinating we should probably uh read a little more because we've got to read a little more right just Would you before like to... we do there's yeah, something go. i want to ask you about so sure it says that uh in the fire that there was a fourth the son of god and yes. um, we understand that to be jesus um how how would they have known they'd never seen jesus before sure. how would they have known yeah. that this was the son of god yeah well in some versions it says one like the son of the gods right. okay so i'm supposing that they saw a supernatural being something special yeah there, mm. there was there's the three men that they threw in there but there's some someone who looks supernatural mm. that's how i would imagine it um and you know you you uh you think about What's interesting is in Hebrews chapter 12, it says our God is a consuming fire, mm. which is kind of interesting. Mm. Um, and, we, you know, um, in our series that we're running here in Glen Orkey, we were talking about the good news about hell. And we were talking about that, that very verse that our God is a consuming fire. We also recognize um, in Scripture in Second Thessalonians 2.8, it says the wicked are destroyed by the brightness of his coming. That's talking about the second coming. Mm. And of course, uh, you know, you think about those men who threw them in, they, they were destroyed by the heat of the fire. And then there's another interesting passage in Isaiah 33, 14 to 15, where it asks the question, who can dwell with the everlasting burnings? Who can walk in the fire? And it says those who are the righteous ones of God. So here, these are covered with Christ's righteousness, as it were, because you and I can't walk around in a fiery furnace. Mm. But they are being supernaturally protected, and uh, Jesus is with his people. What's fascinating to me, and we should read, by the way, the next few verses too, uh, but what's fascinating to me is that uh, they would never have known that deliverance unless they were willing to go to the end of the road. Exactly, yeah. That they had they had the faith and the trust and the belief in God to go into, all the way into the fire. Yeah, mm. yeah. And that's that's how it is with us too. We need to be prepared to face whatever uh, comes us it comes at us yeah. in life, but with God on our side. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm. uh, read down read. from twenty six. It says then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counsellors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose body the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him, and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made as ash heap, because there is no other god who can deliver like this." Wow. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. It is fascinating. So they've gone from uh, death sentence to promotion, Hmm. uh, you know, because of this deliverance of God. And I I think it's... um, you know, I, I, I noticed you were smiling there. It says they frustrated the king's <laughs> They did. Word. They did. And he, he got, got really frustrated. frustrated. He got furious. He did. But, you know, not even uh, – they didn't even smell of fire. 
And what you know, what's fascinating to me, and we'll we'll look at some of this after the break as well, is that Nebuchadnezzar had gathered all the officials from all around the empire to the dedication of this image. But at the end, all of those uh, officials from all around the empire witnessed the image of God, not the image of Babylon. Mm, Absolutely. Now, our book offer for today, Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. Now, we did give away this book in session one, uh, where Daniel Mateo was presenting an overview. Um, But we're going to give it again. We only had a a couple of uh, people claim this offer, so we're going to give this book away again today. Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. And uh, it says, Will these Bible prophecies affect your future? From Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, four great beasts and a little horn, the ram, the goat, the Messiah appears. From Revelation, letters to the seven churches, seven seals open, seven trumpets, the great great red dragon, seven-headed leopard beast and the three angels' messages, the seven last plagues, the great whore Babylon, victory over Satan and Satan bound for a thousand years and the new earth. These are all perhaps confusing uh, prophecies and uh, parts of scripture and this book makes it clear and easy to understand. So we'd love you to get a copy of this book uh, today. But right now, this is Perfect Wisdom of Our God. We'll give you the code to the book right after the break. This is Keith and Kristen Getty. The perfect wisdom of our God Revealed in all the universe All things created by His hand And held together at His command He knows the mysteries of the seas The secrets of the stars are His He guides the planets on their way And turns the earth through another day His ways that mark the path of righteousness His word a lamp unto my feet His spirit teaching and guiding me Receive the 
Tessie Encounters on Faith FM. And we're finishing our program today on Daniel chapter 3 on the program Daniel and the God of Wisdom with Peter Watts. Before the break, I promised you the code for our book giveaway today. And the book is Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. And it's a little book that helps uh, explain those prophecies in a simple, it's easy... It's like a, like a magazine. Sorry, yeah, Jason. Like a, a small... Um, magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Not not a big heavy book. That's right. We've got uh, plenty of copies to give away. Text in Daniel number one. That's no spaces. Daniel number one uh, to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Now, during the break, we also had uh, somebody text in just asking for a prayer request for a friend who's struggling with pain. We just want to acknowledge that, that we've uh, received that, and we will pray for your friend. So thanks for texting us in today. Peter, how would you like to summarize these, uh, this study that we've done today? Sure. So we've been studying the book of Daniel for a particular purpose. So uh, there are many books in the Bible, 66 of them, and we can study them all, and they're all valuable to us. But the book of Daniel is written um, specifically with uh, people at the end in mind. It is a book uh, that we're told in uh, Revelation, sorry, in Daniel chapter 12, it says, seal up the book until the time of the end. And so it is a book that's very pertinent to us. And so even though we're in the, particularly in the first half of the book of Daniel, you've got these historical stories. These really happened. This this uh, chapter in Daniel chapter 3, this really happened. The king really set up the image. He called people to it and so forth. But it also gives us... Um, lessons to learn for the end of time Hmm. if we go to the book of revelation chapter 13 we find an interesting passage because we have uh, an image being set up people being called to worship that image people being threatened with death if they don't worship that image uh, people being coerced to receive the mark of the beast mm. that they won't be able to buy and sell, uh, which um, I'll get you to read 15 through 17. Mm. But what apparent? what is apparent here, and I'll say this before you read it, what is apparent is that you can't buy or sell, and if that doesn't work, then you'll ultimately be face the death penalty. Okay. Mm. In other words, they had two choices, and it's a little bit like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were given the choice, bow down or you'll be thrown in the furnace. Mm. And when they didn't, Nebuchadnezzar brought them to himself and he reiterated what they needed to do. He gave them that second chance. And I, saw, I see a little bit of that in here too. 
So it says, He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. All right. And then it goes on to talk about 666 in in, um, the number of the beast. Yeah, Mm -hmm. being 666, which is interesting because... If you look at Daniel chapter 3, you have this image that is 60 cubits by 6 cubits. You know, it's it's uh, 60 high, 6 wide. How and deep it, is it? Maybe it's 6 deep as well. And it's an image of a man. It's an image is, of a man. And we know that the number of the man is 6. The number of man is 666. So, mm-hmm. so there's some connections here. They're mm-hmm. called to worship. The, you know, this power at the end of time is going to call people to worship this image. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't, there's a threat of death. And so this is what we're reading in Daniel 3 is helpful to us to, A, see the faith of those three uh, young men, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, you, you think about how many other, were there any other people from Judah there present that day that did bow down? We don't know. Possibly, we don't know. But We don't know. But mm. the reality is they stood up. They were pointed out mm. by their enemies for standing up, mm. um, and they were willing to go to the end of the line um, for God, regardless of what it was going to cost them, uh, but God delivered them. And mm. at the end of the day, I believe that when we come to the end of time, there will also be a test in regard to one of God's commandments that people will say, well, the commandment says this, so I'm going to stick with God and I'm going to obey his commandments um, and that there will be uh, the threat of, you know, the, the threat that you'll lose your life if you don't worship a certain way. Mm. We might think of that today and we might think, well, that, you know, is that really going to happen? Mm. But we've seen in the last couple of years how dramatically the world can change. Mm, very um, quickly. Very quickly. Mm. And how laws can be instituted mm. that can restrict people's movements and do all sorts of things because of a state of emergency, as it were. Mm. And so um, you never know what's going to befall us. But the Bible clearly says that there will be an issue of worship at the end of time. And really, we have to determine now where we're going to stand so that when that time comes, it will be an automatic decision Mm. uh, because we've already decided beforehand. This is um, connected to your program that you're going to be talking about on... uh, Yeah. On, is it... Tomorrow night. night. Tomorrow so tomorrow night, night yeah. we're, we're looking at the subject of who is the Antichrist. Yeah. And uh, we want to make sure that we are following and worshipping Christ mm. and not the Antichrist. Mm. There's something here that I won't spend too much time on, but I notice mm. here it says that, that uh, he was granted to give power, breath to the image of the beast and the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many who would not worship the image of the beast. It, it seems as though this is a different. It's not a literal statue. Sure, it's, it's absolutely. A living, it's a living thing. Correct. So yeah. this is spiritual language. So it's, it's using symbolic language. The Book mm. of Revelation is full of symbols. We're going to see a lot of symbols at the end. You know, in the second half of the Book of Daniel too. Mm. But um, this is uh, using s- spiritual symbolic language to describe uh, events at the end of the world. So um, there's, a, there's a lot of connections, but it's not. It's not literally the same. Correct. Mm. So so many things that are literal in the Old Testament 
are, are spiritual or symbolic in the new. So, for instance, we're talking about literal Babylon in the Old Testament book of Daniel, but then we have spiritual Babylon in, in the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. And so for, that's mm-hmm. important to understand. A few thoughts, you know, lessons for us from this chapter. Uh, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Mm. <laughs> and we have to decide what we're going to stand for. And there's none, uh, no, nothing better than standing for God. The Bible also says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We have to make sure that we put God first in our lives, mm. and he will honor us if we do that. Something else that struck me about this was the majority of the people were wrong. Mm. The majority of the people were worshipping, um, you know, the image of Babylon. Whether they believed in it or not, they didn't. They, did, they, mm. they didn't want to experience the threat of death. Mm. Uh, whereas these men knew what was right, they knew what was wrong, and they were going to stand for the right, regardless of the consequences. And God delivered them. Not only delivered them, He, he turned it into an incredibly good witness. You know, all those officials were there. They would have gone home and told that story, Mm. you know, and so God had a witnessing opportunity because of that. And uh, so, you know, at the end of the time, at the end of the day, where do we stand? Where do I stand? Am I willing to stand with God? Am I willing to stand for God? And are we willing to go into the fire with Christ Mm. beside us? Yeah, yeah. Anywhere with Jesus, I can safely go. That's it. Beautiful. Now, uh, Peter, what are you going to be doing this week? Okay, you, so you've as mentioned... You've talked a little bit about what you're doing tomorrow yeah, night. We're running a series called Is God For Real? We are um, going to be talking about who is the Antichrist at 7 p.m. on Wednesday night. That's tomorrow, and it's going to be at uh, 518 Main Road, Montrose. That's the Seventh-day Adventist Church there. And so we're going to be looking at who is the Antichrist and the Temple and Jerusalem. Um, And then on Friday at 7, we're going to be looking at the United States in Bible prophecy, which is related to what we were talking about in Revelation. So if people are in the Glenorchy area, please do come along 7 p.m. Wednesday and 7 p.m. Friday. Awesome. And of course, uh, next week, we're going to be studying Daniel chapter 4. Tell us a little bit about what's in Daniel chapter 4 in in 20 seconds. Daniel 4 is a great chapter because actually it's really a chapter that Daniel didn't write. It's a chapter that is really the personal testimony of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. So uh, that's going to be exciting to read that. Awesome. So do join us next Tuesday with Peter Watts with Daniel chapter 4. Tomorrow we've got Daniel Mateo, and he's continuing his series um, Drawing from the Well. And tomorrow is the Bible as morality. He's been doing all sorts of uh, uh, topics on what we can learn from the Bible. So tomorrow, the Bible as morality. I'm looking forward to that study. And, of course, don't forget our book offer for today. Daniel 1 is the code. No spaces. Text that in to 0488880891. This is I Need Thee Every Hour by Caleb and Kelsey. Have a great day and be blessed. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee every hour, stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power.